Well, good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Christ Fellowship Church. Whether you're watching Facebook Live, whether you're watching by ISN Network, we're so grateful for Sid Roth and the It's Supernatural Network. No matter where you're tuning in from, we just say what an honor it is to have you with us here at the North Georgia Revival on week 114. So would you just put your hands together right there in your own home? It's Resurrection Day. It's Easter Sunday. We're going to worship tonight. You are in store for a treat. Just a real quick rundown on the lineup. You're about to enter into some praise and worship from Covenant Connections Church out of Flowery Branch, Georgia. They are here with us tonight leading in worship. Pastor David Edmondson will be right here preaching a word in just a moment. Senior pastor of Covenant Connections there. And so we just want to say how awesome it is that you would carve out some time to be with us right here on Easter Sunday, 2020. Hey, if you'd grab your Bibles right there in your home, we understand that many of you have been, you're watching from all over the world. Maybe it's morning time there. Maybe you're grabbing your first cup of coffee. Maybe you're at the office. Maybe you're in your car. Maybe you're in a hotel room. Wherever you are, don't, don't change the channel. Don't scroll anymore. Just lock right here. Lock in on Facebook Live for just a moment. Christ Fellowship Church here in Dawsonville, Georgia, we've been hosting the North Georgia Revival for the past two years. And so uh, we want you to take your family right there. Grab the Bible. Grab your word and take your family by the hand. Let's open up the scriptures this evening. Mark chapter 16 this, this evening. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. We hope you had great family time today. Got to eat good on Easter Sunday, but Mark 16, let's, let's eat from the word tonight. Verse 1 says this in Mark 16. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, this was the first sunrise service. When the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were there saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, the answer is always going to be found looking up. And looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled back and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, whom was crucified. Now here's the verse we all love and we shout over. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But I got a feeling tonight the Lord wants to take us a step further. Can we read one more verse beyond that? In verse 6, it says to them, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He is risen. He's not here. But let's go one more verse more. Look at verse 7. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. And Peter. Tell the disciples and Peter, we understand that right now in 2020, in April, that here we are, months ago, this church would be packed wall to wall. No more seating is so full, but, but because we're in quarantine, now there's just a few of us here providing this service for you back home. All across the world, we're in our homes, we're quarantined. 
and we feel so isolated. We feel so alone. And could, could you imagine, could you imagine on the most victorious day ever when Jesus comes up out of the grave, there is one man who feels rejection. There's one man who feels isolated. There's one man who felt like I let the Lord down. On, on the night he was, he was captured, on the night they seized him, I betrayed him. A young girl talked me out of my relationship and I denied Jesus. This same Peter that said, I will go to the end with you is now denying him. But Jesus, on resurrection day, sends the messenger and says, tell all, tell all my disciples. And by the way, so you don't leave one man out, please go tell Peter. And the message for you tonight is, you may feel all alone. You may feel like you're by yourself. Jesus says, tell them, I love them. Not only did I come up out of the grave, I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back for you. There is hope for you. There's restoration for you. This is the day that he made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Put your Bibles down. Throw your hands in the air. Jesus, we honor you. We come before you on week 114 of the North Georgia Revival. And we say, Jesus, the Lamb of God who was sent to die, buried, crucified and buried, raised from the dead, and lives forevermore for you and I to live in resurrection power. Let's worship the King in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, it is good. It is good. It is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I want to welcome every one of you that are watching on the ISN Network, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're tuning in right now. We welcome you right here at Christ Fellowship Church in Dawsonville, Georgia, where it is week 114, 114 weeks of continuous revival. The presence of God is so strong in this building right now. I've got the uh, chill bumps on my arms. I'm sensing his presence. There's glory in the house. Just because we're separated and cannot meet together because of this pandemic, this epidemic, I'm just wanting you to know God has not left the building. He has not left the building. He is here. In fact, we are right now working on our baptismal pools. One of them is completely full, ready to go. The other one has some uh, preparations and construction going on in anticipation for the time that we all get back together. I remember I was in prayer about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, and I was concerned about the revival stopping and being put on pause. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He said, Todd, what I started, I will finish. What I started, I will finish. It just brought great peace to my heart because I know that because of this temporary delay, this temporary pause, that God did not initiate this at all. This is just something that is spreading across the world and being uh, obedient to our governmental officials at this moment, we felt it was best and the safest for our community, our nation, and the world to put on pause the revival. But we're continuing to meet here. We're praying five times a week as a corporate body. They're praying at home. Uh, they're gathering here, just a few of them, walking around the sanctuary, walking around the parking lot. And I'm telling you that when you step foot into the building, you can feel the heaviness, the kavod, and the glory of the Lord. So I want you to go ahead and make preparation. As soon as this is lifted, as soon as we get the okay for a public gathering again, we're going to be coming back together stronger, better, cleaner, more fortified, more focused, rested, and ready to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world and to introduce people who have never encountered Jesus in the waters. I'll never forget in January of 2018, walking across this platform in a moment of prayer as our church was fasting and crying out for a move of the Spirit. And I was walking in that direction toward our baptistry. And I had an eight to 10 second vision and I had never had one in all of my life. And I really didn't know what it was. I saw our baptistry that was empty in the natural, full of water though in this vision, full of water and fire on top of the water. It looked just like gasoline was burning on top of our water in the baptistry. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly and he said, Todd, I'm gonna baptize people with Holy Spirit fire. I'm gonna baptize people with Holy Spirit fire. In 114 weeks, we've been baptizing now, and we baptized over 13,000 people. And that's a good place to give God glory right there, to give Him, give Him glory right now, wherever you are. Just magnify the Lord with me because 13,000 people have entered these doors and walked into these baptismal pools 
and encountered the power of the Lord, the healing power, delivering power, the loving power of Jesus Christ. So don't you think for one moment, don't you think for one moment that the revival is over? In fact, it is, it is gaining momentum. Even while we're separated, it is gaining momentum and cannot wait to see you back here in Dawsonville, Georgia at the North Georgia Revival as soon as this thing is lifted. So go ahead and begin to pray into that and make sure that you're one of the first ones here when it reopens. Now, I want to encourage all of you that are watching us on the ISN Network, and I just can't say enough about Sid Roth and the entire ministry there in Charlotte, North Carolina, how much we appreciate them. We are so thankful for their support, and they are praying for us. We're praying for them, and we're thanking them that they're allowing us to spread this throughout the entire world. I want to encourage you now to take a moment and to partner with us. You know, the needs of the North Georgia Revival are still here. We're, we've not laid off any of our staff. All of our staff are here working and pulling together and sowing into the move of God that is happening here. And we're still keeping one of the pools full of water so that we can baptize people whenever we have to. You know, I want you to do something for me. I want to encourage you right now to agree with us and to partner with us financially. You know, if we all did something, if we all did a little thing tonight, if we all play, uh, did our part, can you imagine the impact that it would make? Right now to my left, and as you're viewing on the screen, it would be to your right in our baptistry. We're having to literally redo the back wall. When that baptismal pool was built, it wasn't built to have 13,000 people go through the baptismal waters in two years. So we're taking this time to fortify it, to make it better, and to make our hosting areas even more excellent. So you can partner with us in that. If you've been touched and blessed and your life has been changed, think about right now about sowing a financial seed. You can do that in many ways. Number one, you can text to give. That number is going to come up on the screen. You can text to give. It is extremely secure way to give. If we all just gave five, 10, 20, or $50, or $100, can you imagine the impact that would make in this revival? On top of that, you can Venmo the gift. In addition to that, you can also go to our church website, cfchurch.tv, and you can give right there uh, digitally, right there on our website. And also, some of you would like to mail in your contribution or your, uh, your offering. You can do that by... Uh, mailing the check to the uh, number on the screen or the address on the screen and to just make out the check to Christ Fellowship Church, Christ Fellowship Church, and it's 139 Hightower Parkway, Dawsonville, Georgia. That's 139 Hightower Parkway, Dawsonville, Georgia, 30534, 30534. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate you helping us. This is a great time right now to continue to sow the seed into the work of the Lord. And I truly believe this is really, really good ground. You're going to be blessed tonight. We've got a man of God coming here that has preached at the North Georgia Revival multiple times. In fact, he's probably my all-time favorite preacher to listen to. I love his heart. I love his passion. I love his compassion. And he has incredible, listen, a high degree of revelation. So he's going to come tonight and he's going to bring the Word of God to us 
And so I want you to just stand to your feet, if you will, and help me welcome the man of God tonight, Pastor David Edmondson. I've known him for a long time. He pastors Covenant Connection Church in Flowery Branch, Georgia. Pastor David, it's so good to have you. Come on up, my friend, deliver the Word of God tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. We thank God for... We thank God for Reveal, uh, my babies, uh, that's leading us in worship. I was walking the altar here uh, tonight, and uh, as they were worshiping, and I was looking up on the screens and watching them worship, I couldn't help but get a little bit emotional, and I, I said, Lord, I pray that what these guys are doing, this praise and worship, is honorable to you. And because I know them, I know their hearts, and uh, their heart's desire is to play and to sing unto the Lord. And so we thank God so much for that. I want to get right into the Word tonight. Um, I want you to get your Bible. Now, this is uh, Resurrection Sunday evening, and we thank God. This is, I told them, uh, our church, Covenant Connections Church this morning, that this is the greatest day to be a Christian. This is, uh, this is the day that we celebrate what separates us from all other religions, all other uh, sects, uh, sects, or all other groups of people, and that is that our Savior uh, didn't just die, he wasn't just crucified, but he rose from the dead. By the breath of the living God, he rose from the dead. And so we celebrate today. And uh, I want you to get your family, to get your friends, share this uh, on Facebook, share it on whatever social media outlet, tell them to tune in to the ISN network, whatever you got to do, because I'm going to give you tonight the cure, bless God, to the coronavirus and any other virus. I'm going to give you the cure to whatever the old folks used to say. I'm from the hills up here in Georgia, and the old folks used to say it's the cure to whatever ails you. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever problem you're struggling with, I'm going to give you the answer tonight through the Word of God. And so I want you to get your Bibles, get your phones, your laptops, whatever you can bring up the Word of God with, and turn with me to Mark chapter 10. As you're turning there, I want to encourage you. Our whole religion, our whole salvation is based on one thing, and that is the main thing is the word give. The Bible says that God so loved the world, he gave. His love motivated him to give. And I want to encourage you, don't stop your giving in these times. Give to the North Georgia Revival, because as Pastor Todd was saying, uh, we're continuing to move forward. And uh, we as churches, we don't want to, um, like he said, lay off our staff members or, or go backwards in any other way. Matter of fact, I just feel in my spirit as, we, as you turn to the Word of God, I want to I just speak something and prophesy something to you uh, that I've been speaking to our church. Uh, one of my staff members had a dream at the beginning of this, this season, this coronavirus thing. And uh, she had a dream, sent it to me, and the Lord said something very specific to our church. And I just feel in my spirit, this is not, I didn't have this in my notes or 
didn't know I would go this way to begin, but I want to prophesy this. Which camera do I need to look into? Which one you got me? Somebody raise their hand right here. Praise the Lord. Here's what Here's what the dream said, and I'm going to speak it over your life, and I'm speaking this over the North Georgia Revival. Here's what was spoken to, uh, in that dream, and that is that in this time, this time of crisis, this time of storm, not only will God protect you, but you will also obtain his favor. Now listen to me. Not only is God going to protect you, but you're going to obtain his favor. When I left our church today and I walked in my house, my, my brother texted me and said that his wife was showing some symptoms of this virus, and I've been speaking over our church. Not one person will be sick in Jesus' name. And when I looked down at the text, Pastor, I looked at the text, and it said, you know, she just got uh, tested for the virus, and something rose up in me, and I answered back, she is healed. I knew Bless God, she didn't have this virus. Test come back negative. Praise God. Why? Because the word of God is we'll not only be protected in this time, but we will be favored. So you will not lose a penny. Business owner, listen to me. You waiting on me to preach. You, 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 you backing up. Listen to me. Not only will you be protected, you will be favored. I told our church today, do not relinquish a penny do not relinquish one foot of ground to the enemy in this time. Don't relinquish anything because, bless God, God is our supplier and he is, he is, his favor rests upon us and we're in covenant with him. Hallelujah. It has nothing to do with my message, but it, bless God, it's good. Amen. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 21. We know this account very clearly, but I, I want to read it to you. It says, And when he was gone forth into the way, speaking of Jesus, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest me good? There is none good, no one but God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. And he said to him, One thing you lack. I want you to underline that in your Bible. I want you to mark that in your Bible. We're going to come back to that. He said, one thing thou lackest, or one thing you're lacking. Go your way, sell whatsoever you have, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven. And come, take up your cross, and follow me. And he was sad at this saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Father, we thank you for your word. Hallelujah. As your word goes through the airways tonight, this morning, whatever time it is that the people are watching, may your word go forth in power. May your word go forth in anointing to destroy every yoke of bondage, to set loose every captive. I command it to be done according to the word of God. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen. 
The Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 21 that it says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. But it pleased God, listen, by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. He says, God's plan is I'm going to draw people to believe in salvation and I'm going to do it through the means of preaching. My tool is going to be preaching. And then God sends his son Jesus to the world and we talk about Jesus. We know a lot about Jesus. We know that he was a healer of the sick. We know that he was a, a, a dead raiser. We know that he was a great theologian. We know that he walked in power and he walked in anointing. But the greatest attribute of Jesus was that he was a preacher. Wasn't a teacher. He wasn't necessarily, you know, what we would classify, I guess, as a five-fold ministry gift. But he was a preacher. From the time he come to the world, Jesus was, was a preacher. He could preach. We, we read about some of his best sermons, like when he was in the region of Capernaum and he taught us about the, uh, the, be, the Beatitudes, we call it, and, and, and how our attitudes are, are to be blessings unto the Lord. And he taught us that the fact that Christians are salt and light, and he said that you are the salt of the earth, and, and if you lose your, your, your potency, if you lose your flavor, then how can the world be salted? Jesus was a preacher. He preached that, that he was the fulfillment of the law. Jesus preached about to the scribes and Pharisees, and he said, I am the fulfillment of the law. He was a preacher. He preached about anger and he preached about murder. He preached about lust and he preached about adultery. He preached about divorce and remarriage. He warned about making promises and not keeping them. Jesus preached an eye for an eye. He preached to love your enemies. Jesus preached to give to the needy. He was a preacher. He taught us how to pray by preaching. When they asked Jesus, Jesus, teach us to pray. He said, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who's trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. It is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus was a preacher. He taught us how to fast. He taught us how to pray. He taught us how to lay our treasures up in heaven. He taught us how not to worry. He taught us by preaching not to judge hypocritically. He taught us by preaching the difference between asking and seeking and knocking. He preached that there's a narrow way to heaven and a broad way to destruction. He preached about false prophets and he ended his time on Capernaum by preaching about the wise builder. See, everywhere Jesus went, he preached. 
Didn't matter his circumstance, he preached. It didn't matter his audience, he preached. It didn't matter what was facing him, what trial he was going through, Jesus had the answer. He just kept preaching. He preached in the sanctuary at 12 years old when he walked in to all the theologians and the sages of the ages in the temple of God. And Jesus walked in at 12 years old and they handed him a book and said, read something. Instead of reading, he opened a book and he started preaching. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Watch this. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Jesus was a preacher. He preached at Simon the leper's house, a house that no one else would enter into. Jesus went in because he said, I must preach. Jesus preached in Simon's house so anointed and so good that a harlot came running from the road with an alabaster vessel of ointment. Jesus preached so good that she broke her vessel at his feet. Jesus was such a good preacher that the harlot took down her hair in the midst of everybody and said, I don't care what happens to me. I got to anoint the preacher. Jesus was a preacher. See, you wasn't allowed, women were not allowed to take their hair down in public because that's what harlots would do. If, if they were walking down the street and they would let their hair down, that means they were available. And so when the woman came to the feet of the preacher, she said, God, I'm available to you. All because Jesus was a preacher. Watch this now, stay with me. He preached in the wilderness until bread began to multiply and dead fish began to reproduce. God was a preacher. I'm talking about you got to be a bad preacher for bread to start multiplying and dead fish to start reproducing. And Jesus knew how to preach. He preached in the graveyard till Lazarus came back to life. Been dead for four days. They didn't send a doctor. They didn't send an attorney. They didn't send a physician. Guess what? They sent to the, to the graveyard of Lazarus. They sent a preacher. Oh, I rose today at the North Georgia Revival to say to God, stir up the anointing of the preacher yet again. Thank God for the fivefold ministry. Thank God for the teachers and thank God for the life coaches. But God, send us back the spirit of the preacher that'll stand behind the pulpits and declare, thus saith the Lord. We'll declare the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Let us preach until dead things start coming to life again. Let us preach until the, the, the viruses start dying. And let us preach until churches start exploding in the presence of God. Let us walk into the graveyard and start preaching and things come alive. That's how you can tell if you're under a good preacher. Because when you sit under a good preacher, things that are dead on the inside of you will start coming to life again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus was a preacher. He preached sermons that were made up of three words when he stood before Pilate. And Pilate said, are you the son of God? Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus looked at him and, and preached three words. He said, thou sayest it. Now to you and I, it means you got it or you said it. 
Jesus could take three words and preach to Pilate. Jesus could preach a message without saying anything. When he stood before Herod and he was questioned with his many words, your Bible said Jesus preached by answering him not a word. Jesus was a preacher. He preached to men. He preached to women. He preached to servants and politicians. He preached to fishermen, to business owners, to vagabonds, to the sickly. He preached to fig trees and raging seas, to deaf ears and dumb spirits. He preached to the wind and to the rain, to the healthy and to the maimed. He preached to kings and queens, soldiers and criminals. He preached to the dumb, to the smart, to the high class, to the low class, to the living, to the dead, all colors, all nationalities. Jesus preached to the cockeyed, the cross-eyed, the Google-eyed and the black-eyed. It didn't matter what come Jesus' way. Jesus knew how to handle the situation. He said, let me just preach without a microphone or an amplifier, without a radio or a television. Jesus opened his mouth, and because he was anointed by God, he just began to preach, and things began to happen. Good God, he was a preacher. Jesus was bad. Bad. When he would preach, sickness and disease would flee. When he would preach, sinners would fall at his feet and come running. Everything Jesus said was a sermon to someone or something. Didn't matter what come Jesus' way, he knew the answer was to preach. See, the Pharisees... Their whole, their whole reason for chasing after Jesus was to get him to stop preaching. They said, it doesn't, it's okay that you believe you're the Messiah, but quit preaching it. You gotta stop preaching. And then the Pharisees, the Sadducees would come to him and say, Jesus, you gotta stop preaching. We're gonna kill you if you don't stop preaching. He was brought before Pilate because all he wanted him to do was stop preaching. The church leaders didn't mind him thinking and having a little bit of a crowd and, and blessing them a little bit. They just didn't want him preaching. Herod didn't want him preaching. Even Satan himself brought him into a wilderness when he started preaching and tried, tried, to, tried to get Jesus and, and bribe Jesus to stop preaching. Even demons would come and fall at Jesus' feet and say, God, we will worship you, Jesus, if you just don't preach. We'll worship you if you just don't open your mouth. But guess what Jesus kept doing? Jesus kept preaching. He just kept preaching. Even when the Pharisees said, we're going to kill you, Jesus kept preaching. When Satan said, I'm going to throw you off this mountain, Jesus kept preaching. When the devils came and said, we're going to worship you, he just kept preaching. When Herod said, don't you know that I have the ability to take your life? And Jesus just kept preaching. They said, well, we'll shut him up. We're going to put him on a cross. Jesus hung. Good God, I feel him. He hung on a cross and preached his best sermon. When they looked at him, two thieves, one on the left and one on the right, and one of them railed him and said, if you be the son of God, get us down and get yourself down. They spit upon him, and the centurions mocked him, and they platted a crown of thorns upon his head. They pierced him in his side, and guess what Jesus kept doing? 
He just kept preaching. He looked at the one on the left that said, Father, when you get into your kingdom, he said, remember me. And guess what Jesus did? Jesus just kept preaching. He looked at him and said, today you will be with me in paradise. Even facing a, a Roman cross, Jesus knew the answer. I'm just going to keep preaching. They placed him in a tomb. Joseph of Arimathea went and begged the body of Jesus. He begged the body of Jesus and took him down and wrapped him in new linen cloths and took him to a tomb. Watch this now. Placed him in a tomb. Because the enemy said, well... The threats from the Pharisees didn't stop him from preaching and the threat from the Sadducees didn't stop him from preaching and the threats from the demons didn't stop him from preaching and, 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 and the courts of the kings didn't stop him from preaching and the centurions didn't stop him from preaching and the cross didn't stop him from preaching. So let's put him in a tomb and let's roll a stone in front of the tomb and let's seal it. Let's stick him between a rock and a hard place and make it where he can't preach. And even if he does, nobody can hear him. So Jesus stuck between a rock and a hard place. Guess what he did? Guess what he did? He kept on preaching. Your Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 8 that he ascended. And when he ascended, he said that I've led, kept, I've led captivity captive. And it goes on in verse 9 and said, but how can he ascend unless he first descend into the lower parts of the earth? And when he that ascended is the one that descended, and when he ascended, he gave gifts unto men. Guess what happened when they put him in a tomb? Jesus kept on preaching. Matter of fact, he went to hell, went to Shiloh right in front of Satan and said, I got a sermon I've been working on for 33 years for you, Satan, and here's the just of it. I want my keys back. I want the key of death. I want the key. I can just hear him preaching. I want the keys of death. I want the keys of hell, and go ahead while you're at it and give me the keys to the grave. Good God, he kept on preaching. Cross couldn't shut him up. A tomb couldn't shut him up. Then guess what happened after three days? Your Bible says that he rose again, and for 40 days, he kept on preaching. For, <laughs> woo! For 40 days, he just kept on preaching. Looked at his disciples on the 40th day, and he said, look, boys, I'm going from you. But in like manner that I'm leaving, I'm coming again, good God, one day. And they watched him split the sky and go up into heaven. And they remember, and I remember his promise. One day, he's going to split the eastern sky. And when he comes back, guess what he's going to do? He's going to put one foot on the Mount of Olives and one foot on another place, and he's going to start preaching. He's going to say, hey, where's my children? Come on. I got a new body for you. Come on. I got a new place for you. Come on. I've got glory for you. Good God, he was a preacher. I feel the preacher today. Now watch this. Watch this. Jesus is preaching. He's doing what he does. He preached to small crowds. He preached to big crowds. He preached to one person. Jesus, listen to me. Jesus.
Jesus was such a bad preacher that he, his words carried so much authority that he healed people in other cities. Remember when the centurion came and said, pray for my daughter, and Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. He said, you don't have to come to my house. Just keep preaching. He said, if you'll just keep preaching, my daughter will be healed. Guess what Jesus did? He just kept on preaching. Watch this now. Jesus is preaching, and here comes a rich, your Bible says a rich young, we call him the rich young ruler. Here come a young man with a lot of money, a lot of wisdom, a lot of power, a lot of authority. But he came to Jesus not because of the miracles, not because of the signs and wonders, but your Bible says that he heard him preaching. He heard him, and he came to him, and he fell down. And listen now. He said, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus said, obey the commandments. and Don't do this, and don't do that, and honor your father and mother, and you'll be fine. Don't defraud anybody. And I can just see the, this young ruler, this rich young man, just well up with pride. And he said to the master, he says, oh, I've done all that. I've, I've, I, I go to church every Sunday and I fast once a year and I pray every now and again. And boy, I've done all that. Boy, I'm, I've done all that. Jesus loved him. Now watch this. Remember I had you underline a scripture, a, a part of this text, a clause. He looks at the boy and he says, one thing you don't have. Now, I've been in church most of my life, and most of the time that I've heard this scripture taught, every time that I've ever heard it taught, people have tried to convince me that the reason this young rich man did not follow the preacher was because of what he had. It was because of his money. It was because of his wisdom. It was because of his prestige. But none of that is what Jesus said was the problem. Jesus didn't say what you have is tripping you up. The preacher said you lack one thing. There's something in the midst of your wealth. Now listen to me as I put a caboose on this thing, as the bishop says. Listen to me now. You got to get this point. Jesus says, the preacher says, you are missing one thing. So take what you have and give it away so your hands are free to grab this one thing. He said, take your riches, give it, sell everything, give it to the poor, and grab a cross. Uh oh. Uh-oh, it's not what he had that kept him from following Jesus. It's what he didn't have. And maybe Jesus told us in his own words what he was missing. Maybe what Jesus told him to grab was the thing that he lacked, and that was a cross. He said, you want to follow me? You lack one thing. Go pick up your cross. Now, we know that a cross represents 
It could represent a trial. It could represent a situation. It represents sacrifice. It, it represents dying. It represents death to your will. When we pick up a cross, it represents us dying to our will and living the preacher's will. Now, I told you a while ago, I want to give you the key to winning Defeating this coronavirus. I'm going to give you the key to defeating your depression. I'm going to give you the key to defeating your anxiety. I'm going to give you the key right now to, to living every moment of every day in victory. Do you want to know what the key is? Here's the key. Keep preaching. My God, just keep preaching. You can't do anything about your circumstances right now. You're shut in. You're in quarantine. You're mad at your wife. She's, she's tired of you, and your kids are driving you crazy. And all. Some of you have been laid off, and some of you have, have lost income, and, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, let me tell you something. There is one thing you can control. You can control the words that come out of your mouth. And I rose to tell you one thing from the North Georgia Revival. Just keep on preaching. Just keep preaching, thus saith God. Just keep preaching that God is good. Take up your cross and follow him and just keep preaching the word of the living God. Keep preaching. Don't stop preaching. Just because you got to pick up a cross, be like Jesus. Preach from the cross. Just because you may get put in a tomb or you're experiencing death, my God, just keep preaching. Because I'm going to tell you something. We're going to come out of this thing as I wind this to a close. We are going to come out of this thing, and I'm going to tell you what I believe with all my heart. And as the old folks used to say, I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, but I feel prophetic right now. The church is coming out of this thing. And I'm going to tell you who is going to rise up. And I'm going to tell you what ministries are going to rise up. It's the ministries that, bless God, it, during the time that we're in, during the time of crucifixion, during the time of being locked in a tomb, during the time of being scourged, we kept on preaching. We kept on saying, thus saith God. We kept on prophesying. We kept on saying, God is good and God's going to fix it. Thank God for President Trump. And thank God for our government officials. And thank God for governors. And thank God for mayors. But may the spirit of the preacher rise up in it. And oh, yeah, thank you, Holy Ghost. Which camera am I at? I got to look at these people. Okay, listen to me. By the spirit of God, I know what some of you just said around the world. Some of you just said, yeah, but I'm not a preacher. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. I didn't say anything about being five-fold ministry, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. If you are a Christian, you have a voice. If you are a Christian, you are a preacher. If you are in covenant with Jesus, you have the same anointing that Jesus has. And he said that his anointing was to preach the gospel. Keep preaching. Don't you fall into depression. Keep preaching. Don't you fall into anxiety. Keep preaching. Don't you fall into worry. Keep preaching. 
Don't you yield to sickness and disease. Keep preaching. Don't you yield to poverty. Keep preaching. Don't you shut down your business. Keep preaching. Pastors, don't you sway from the Word of God. Keep preaching. Mamas, don't you quit praying for your children. Keep preaching. Daddies, don't you fall under this weight and this pressure. Just keep preaching. Young people, don't worry about friends leaving you and not inviting you to the parties and, and not being in the clique. Just keep on preaching. Just keep on preaching. Just keep on preaching. And God, would, God will turn this thing around. I prayed, and I'm about to go to Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen, but I prayed about this message because as I've said from this pulpit, and as even Pastor Todd alluded to in our pre-service prayer, the weight of standing on this stage and speaking into your life, people all around the world, see, this is, this is something that that took us all by surprise. This is something that doesn't just affect Americans. It doesn't just affect the Chinese. It doesn't just affect uh, the Philippines. It doesn't just affect Africa. This is affecting the world. It's affecting the world. Doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, black, white, red, yellow, male, female, unsure of what you are, doesn't matter. This is affecting us all. So I said, Lord, what do I say to the people? He said, tell them keep preaching. Tell them keep preaching. I said, God, that's too simple. He said, I chose the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. You know what our vaccine is? The Word of God. That's what it is. You're watching me right now. You're lost. You're undone. For some reason, you, you turned on Facebook or you turned on the ISN network or you're watching this replay, whatever it is, but you're listening to, you're listening to the preacher and something is gripping your heart. You don't know what it is. Well, I won't tell you what it is. It's the greatest preacher to ever walk this earth. It is Jesus, the spirit of the living God. He's tugging at your heart right now. He wants to save you. He backslider, he wants to forgive you. Christian, he wants to put the word back in your mouth so you can leave and just keep on preaching. I want to pray with you out there, and we're going to turn this over to Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen. We're going to go into some baptisms, but I want to pray with you. If you want to be born again, if you want to give Jesus your life, Pray this prayer with me. Backsider, you want to rededicate your heart to the Lord? Pray this prayer with me. Christian, you want your voice back? Pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you, the one and only, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Everything starts and ends with you. Our victory starts and ends with you. Father, say this after me now. Say, Father, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Backsliders say, Jesus, I renew my covenant with you. Christian, 
that's lost your preach, that's lost your word, say, Father, I repent, and I ask you to give me my word back. Give me my preach back. Give me my anointing back. There's some pastors, there's some, listen, there's some ministers watching this that you're in a backslidden condition. You've left the pulpit. You've left your ministry. God is calling you back right now. God's calling you back. He's saying, keep preaching. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. Keep preaching. Keep preaching. Now, Father, I bless your people. I call them the blessed of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, may this word go throughout all the world. And may Christians all over the world stand up and straighten up their backs and put their shoulders back, put their chin up. And bless God, may we start back preaching the word of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Todd, Pastor Karen. Wow, what an incredible word by Pastor uh, David Edmondson, the, the lead pastor at Covenant Connections Church in uh, Flyer Branch, Georgia. What a powerful word. If, if you just open up your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you just gave your heart to him, I want you to do something for us so that we can help you, so that we can know of your, follow, your, your commitment to follow Christ. I want you to go to kingdomready.tv kingdomready.tv send us an email click it on right there email us that you just made a life-changing decision to make Jesus Christ your Savior and your Lord I, I'm telling you Karen tonight is so powerful that word and you know the Spirit of the Lord is moving throughout the land right now throughout the uh, throughout the world as he's touching your heart and as Pastor David said so eloquently many of us may not uh, be right with the Lord. We've lost our preach. We've lost the word of Father. You've given up. You've given up hope. You've turned back to alcohol. You've turned back to drugs. And because you're frustrated, you may have lost your job and things seem extremely bleak. This is not the time to lose your preach. It's not the time to lose the word. So right where you are, get on your knees. Make your couch an altar. Make the side of your bed a place of where you turn your life over to Jesus. Begin to weep again. Begin to cry out to the Lord. I read a few moments ago, Karen, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, when Jehoshaphat and all the people of Israel were surrounded by the armies and, Lord, the enemies of the Lord. And the Bible says it is at that moment that Jehoshaphat set himself, now listen to that, set himself to seek the Lord. And not only did he seek the Lord, but the Bible says that the wives and the children and the little babies with the Father all sought the Lord. This is the time to seek the Lord. This is the time not to run from him, not to be afraid of him, not to give up on him or to think that he will not come through for you. He will. He will not let you down. He's going to walk with you all the way through this valley of the shadow of death. You're not going to stop. It's not the end for you. You're going to walk right through it. So this is your moment of coming to the Lord. And some of you are coming back to him and making him the Lord of your life. Some of you are, are really wrapped up in fear and, and anxiety. Take a deep breath. Begin to preach the word. Just if you don't know what to preach, and I'm not talking about to be a preacher, but take the word of God and just read it out loud in your living room. Go from bedroom to bedroom and declare the promises of the Lord. Read Psalm 91 over yourself, over your children, over your home. Just take the Word of God and let the Word of God begin to expel all the fear out of your heart. 
this is a great time for God's people to be alive. This is the moment that our light shall shine the brightest, Karen. And what a powerful word by Pastor David. Man, we love him so much. You know, this, the, uh, the word that I kept hearing uh, right behind that keep preaching is, is to remain faithful. Just remain faithful in the things of God. It was such a word to the church, to the believer, to stand up, preach, and remain faithful. You got to dig in. You know, some of you, most all of us were isolated, so this is a time to dig in and do as Pastor David was telling us tonight, just to begin to proclaim the word. Just keep doing what you know to do. Yep. We know to pray. We know to stay in the word. We know to just saturate ourselves with worship and the things of God. Keep doing that. Keep pushing in. Stay faithful. And then the word to those of you that are questioning things. I know there's probably people tonight that are watching you may not even know the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a word for you tonight, too, because a lot of you have been questioning. You get a scare like this that's come across our world. A lot of people begin to wonder, what would happen to me yeah. if I were to get sick? Or what would happen to me if I were to pass away? Am I ready to meet the Lord? And that prayer he prayed with you tonight, I hope you embrace that. If you haven't already accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, Hit your knees now and embrace him and begin to follow him and begin to seek him. This is pressing times. And listen, you need him to walk with you. So that's that's the word I got tonight. Keep preaching and just stay faithful. Yeah, you know, the scripture says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you know, he will not refuse you. He will not reject you. Come to him with a broken heart. Come to him repenting of your sin giving him your entire life. And Jesus will have his arms wide open for you. He will cleanse your heart. He will forgive your sin. He'll make you a brand new creation. That's what the Bible promises. So do that right now. I just feel such a strong yes. urging from the Holy Spirit to keep making that call to you to turn it all over to Jesus. And Karen, you know, at, at this season... I really believe that this has the potential to be the greatest hour for the church. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to share with us where you're watching this telecast from, especially in this moment, Karen, where we're in this transition period and there's a pause on the revival as far as people gathering here in Dawsonville. It would do us really, really good. It would encourage us to know where you're watching, where you're viewing this, what state you're from, what nation you're from. And share a prayer request. In fact, I encourage all of you to share your prayer requests. I, I take this seriously, Karen. Everyone that goes to KingdomReady.tv and puts your prayer request in, I pray over those. I, I read those. I look at those. It means something to me. It's not just something that we're just sticking in the corner. Everyone that comes through the prayer request, I, I look at that and I, I help to... I hope to identify with you at that moment, and I'll, and I'll pray for you. So please, let us know what's going on, where you're watching this, and you're maybe thinking, well, someone else will do that. They don't need to know where I'm from. No, we would love to know where you're from. Again, let me give the website to you. It's www.kingdomready.tv. It would help us so, so much. I do believe, Karen, that we're going to come out of this situation stronger, better, 
more focused than we've ever been before. And you know what's going to happen here in just a moment? We're going to show a replay of the baptisms. I believe it is week number 40 that we're going to be showing the baptisms tonight. Week number 40. You're not going to want to miss this. There were miracles that took place. You really want to share the, uh, the link and get as many people watching as possible. So I can't wait till we go right into week number 40, the baptisms. And then I can't wait till you get here again and we kick this thing off one more time. Just continue to stay with us tonight. It's going to be an incredible night. Again, just reviewing all those miracles and the signs and the wonders. And guys, we want to remind you also, uh, as you're putting in your prayer request at kingdomready.tv, also remember that Pastor Todd's uh, materials are there, oh, kind of on lockdown still, so saturate yourself with good material, good reading material. You'll find his latest book called Speaking in Tongues there. This is a tremendous textbook on the wonderful gift of your prayer language. You'll also find there. Yeah, let me mention uh, just a little bit about that, Karen. As you know, people are, are ordering that, and we it's hard to even keep them in stock. But I want to tell you about this book very quickly before we go to week number 41. I'm sorry, 41, not 40, baptism, week number 41. That This book right here can help us pray ourselves into victory, pray our family into victory, pray the, the church into victory, and to keep us into victory. I was raised as a Southern Baptist. Karen was raised as an independent Baptist Neither one of us ever believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, much less speaking in tongues. In fact, as a Southern Baptist pastor, I preached against it. I stood against it. I didn't think it was for today. I mocked it, made fun of it. And in seminary at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, you know, I, I had a master's degree with the emphasis in biblical languages. And I never did take the time to look at the significance in the Greek language of what Jesus talked about and the Apostle Paul talked about, about praying in the Spirit. This book right here, I promise you, will change your world. It will change your perspective. It will change your life. Get it for yourself if you're already baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. But get it for a neighbor. Get it for a friend that just doesn't quite understand the value and the purpose of praying in the Holy Ghost. So you can get that. Now, here's the neat thing tonight. You can get it immediately downloaded to your device. You can go and uh, click on the digital, uh, the ebook. It will come immediately right to your device, your smartphone, or your uh, your computer, or iPad. So grab that. You can get it uh, right now within the next few moments. So take advantage of that. So Karen, I appreciate you bringing that up. I'm I'm really thrilled about going into week number 41. So I'm I'm really excited about the miracles, Karen. This is the night that Ken Cook, that he stepped forward and things happened in his marriage. You're not going to want to miss that and how a marriage was restored in the baptismal waters. And uh, so I want to pray for you before we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, as people watch our baptisms, Lord God, as they move uh, throughout the evening and person after person is in the water, I pray that your holy fire would fall upon people. Lord, I know that you spoke to me that said, I'm going to baptize people with Holy Spirit fire, that tonight it will build faith. Tonight, Lord, it will urge someone to make preparation to get to Dawsonville because they may be sick in their body. They may be away from you. Their marriage is falling apart. God, tonight is the night that they get hope, believing that you can deliver them, oh God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that there's fire still on the water, and we're going to be right back. Lord, in this revival, as soon as this pandemic is lifted. So, Father, we bless you. 
bless every person that's watching, every person that's tuned in right now. May you change their life forever. Now let's go right now to week number 41 of the North Georgia Revival right in Dawsonville, Georgia at Christ Fellowship Church as people encounter Christ in the water.